0: Tierney Salakata back on the fan. Nice to be joined in studio here by Connor Hughes, my colleague over at SNY. Of course, he's an NFL reporter for SNY, covers both the Jets and the Giants. I know you started before that, Connor, were with the Jets more so. But this year, doing both, BT and I, both fan of your work. Mm-hmm. Figured to have you in on Football Friday to talk some football.
1: Thank you, guys.
2: I appreciate it. This is fun. I've never you, been you, in do here do before. You did a great job there. I remember, um, I, I, didn't, I never met him. I sent you a DM. What about a year or so ago? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you guys were awesome, man. I'm like, keep up the good work. He's just, you, you do solid work, so... We need the real answers on a lot of questions here. Oh, here we, we, go. we got a yeah. punch and
0: uh, listen, I listen. I, you know,
2: the Belichick, So I'm gonna put the Belichick aside for a moment. Okay. That's what we're discussing. Should yeah. the Jets make a play? They won't. I don't think they should. South thinks they should.
0: Oh, you, can can you confirm that there's no chance? Well, uh, yeah, I guess you could start with that. Go yeah, yeah, that's yeah true. No, that's true. no, no chance. Yeah, right.
1: no, they're they're running it back with Robert and and Hackett and and all those guys. Okay, yeah, that's that's a that's a confirmed thing. Yeah, that's that's oh, geez. yeah yeah.
2: It's not personal. Uh, I do think he's a, a terrific human being. I think Robert Salva's is an awful head coach. I do, and I think he lost the team. Going back to the Mike White stuff, where mm-hmm. like, there, there's been too many things where. The, the, not only say lack of control because i do think the players respect him certainly to an extent but I, I don't see much of a ceiling with him as a head coach i'm sorry do you am i missing something here
1: so i would say that it, it is it's a little alarming that we're now going into year four with him and you can still have those questions and and you don't know right we we don't know if he's an elite level head coach we don't know if he's truly the 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 CEO type that they wanted when they hired him because they tried to go the, the CEO ish with Todd Bowles and they wanted the brilliant offensive mind with Adam Gates. Then they went back to the CEO type and thought he was going to be a little bit more rah-rah like Rex was, but maybe a little bit more controlled, which is what they were looking for. But uh, I don't, I don't necessarily know if I'm ready to go there yet, because I do think that, that Robert and Jeff Ulbrich, they deserve credit for the defense, which I believe is, is one of the better in the NFL uh, the offense has been terrible, but how much do you put on how much you can do without a quarterback? And and when there was a quarterback there, we did see the offense work. We saw it with Mike White for a bit, you know, so I think that that is a testament. I don't think Mike LaFleur should have gotten fired because things did get substantially, substantially worse once they brought in Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, but, yeah, I do think it's probably a little alarming that that we're sitting here now and, and you still can't say one way or another if, if he is an elite-level coach. But, look, they're going to give him a chance to run it back and, and see this thing through with Aaron Rodgers for better or worse.
0: Who's making this decision? Because, to me, it's reckless the way that the Jets are going to double down and go into it. I mean, I have my assumptions of who it mm-hmm. is. Maybe you know better with your information. Is this Woody? Is this Joe Douglas? Who is deciding to bring the whole thing back with Robert Sala and Aaron Rodgers? Well, it, it, it is... It's ownership. Uh, it it
1: is ownership deciding to run this one through because ultimately, if the Jets let go of Robert Sala, they were letting go of Joe Douglas. Like you're not going to let Joe Douglas pick another head coach, right? I mean, this is the thing: is that so it was either both gone or mm-hmm, both yeah. Saying. I mean, think about this. This whole team is is Joe Douglas's fingerprints. Right. I mean, this we you can't you can't hang your hat or and I've gotten into discussions with this with Robert and with Joe and other people over there that that the days of being able to to push blame onto anybody else they're over. This isn't like you can say. John Edzik, right? You can't say Mike McCagdon. There's very few leftovers. I think it's Quentin and Williams and, and Thomas Hennessy are the only leftovers from the Mike McCann regime. So this is Joe Douglas's hand picked was quarterback in Zach Wilson, his hand picked players, his hand picked coaching staff. I mean, this was him. So if you're gonna say, okay, this didn't work, you're you're it's very rare that you let a general manager with Joe Douglas's track record then pick it all over again. So this was Woody Johnson looking at this entire landscape and deciding. Is it better to blow it all up now and restart it all now? Yeah. Or do you want to give these guys a chance to see it through? And And in my opinion, there was mounting evidence that you probably should have started over. That, that, that would have been the right decision. I mean, yeah. I think there are legitimate questions with the entire offense that they got substantially worse after letting Michael Floor go in just about every statistical category. And I know what they push to. They'll push to... They don't have anyone opposite Garrett Wilson. They'll push to the quarterbacking problem where they lost I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Fault is that correct? That's what? my argument with them. That's that is, what they yes. use to push back. Yeah, that. Is, hey, yes.
2: memo to the Jets: come up with some more material. You picked all
1: the guys. That's that's my counter. What? That that has been my counter Jeez. consistently is that you don't have a quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers because you chose to run it back with Zach Wilson. You don't have a receiver opposite Garrett Wilson because of your own mishaps. They drafted Denzel Mims in the second round. You drafted Elijah Moore in the second round. You went out and signed Corey Davis. You signed Alan Lazard. You signed McCall Hartman and then traded Elijah Moore. I mean, you did all of these things and that's why you don't have, it's not. And again, like you can say theory and, oh, you know, they, they, there were their, their mindset of their plan was right. It was just flawed the way they saw it through, but still It's your fault why you don't have these things, which is why I go back to, well, what is it? But their thing is, I, I think their thought process was, and I should say what their thought process was, was that let's run it back. Let's just, we, we, we told you guys that we wanted to see this thing with Aaron Rodgers. That blew up four plays in. We're going to give you one more opportunity to see this through with Aaron. And if it doesn't work with Aaron next year, then everybody's going to be gone and it'll be the blow up that everyone's looking
2: for. So that's Connor Hughes, of course, uh, SNY must follow on Twitter. Jets and John's got a couple of giant things for you as well. So let's boil it down to this, Connor. He's in studio with us here, BT and Sal on the fan. If I said, who's the bigger asset or who's the better asset? It, meaning who's better yeah, at their yeah. job? Is it Douglas or is it Salah?
1: Well, I, I that's a tough one. So I, I think there's probably, it's one draft and there's a lot more that, that kind of go against it. But I mean, Joe had, Joe did go out there. And put together a pretty pretty freaking good draft class when you look at what he was able to do. And, and I'm not even talking about the big the big ones in Sauce Gardner and, and Garrett Wilson. Because when you're picking that high in the draft, you should be able to find some really good players. Yeah. And they did. It was Jermaine Johnson who's now coming into his own and looking like a legitimate player there. Uh, it's finding Brees Hall in that same draft class who's looking like a pretty good player there. Uh, Joe Titman the next year in the second round, looking like a pretty good player. Will McDonald, and again, we haven't seen the Will pick. McDonald. Even if he's fine, it's I, the wrong I, pick. I 110% agree with you. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you could say JSN should have been the pick there. Addison could have been the pick there. Zafel, again, you want to talk about they want to blame. We don't have a receiver. Well, don't you know. don't have. A, there were options there for you to draft, man. That's you should right. have gone out there and get them. But yeah. uh, I, I would say that, that Joe Douglas, even my criticisms of Joe Douglas, and, and he has made mistakes, the Zach Wilson pick. Uh, the Denzel Mims pick, the Makai Beckton pick, some of his free agent signings. But you look at them, and I think with Joe, I can at least see the why. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work, right? But you can see the why. Laken Tomlinson has been a bad free agent signing, but they went and signed a guy who was a Pro Bowl player in San Francisco who was going to be in the exact same scheme because they brought San Francisco's offensive line coach over. That's, I, I think, if you, even hindsight, yeah, there that, that was a pretty good signing, right? Then you look at some of the guys that they had in the building who they signed, didn't work here, and they let go. Well, now they're working elsewhere. Why? So, he has invested resources in the right places. He's put, he's made an effort. This wasn't like Mike Mcagn, where it was like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. how do you just ignore these spots?" He's put the resources in the right places. He just hasn't invested the resources in the right way, and that to me is alarming. But at least with him, you can see the why. I don't always see the why with some of the things that. So the answer is um, Joe. I would agree. Yeah, by and the way. I, I think would honestly, agree. and I've said, I've said this to to some of my my issues with the Jets right now, and and a lot of it stems with somewhat with the players, but mostly with the staff. Is is that I just. I don't love this, and, and I said this on SNY. I, I don't love the culture of just consistent and incessant excuse making that seems to overrun the organization. And and it's it's never when Adam Gase was there, guys. And, and I know he was ridiculed and ripped right. apart. I remember having conversations with Adam over and over and over again, and he would. And that roster was by Robert Sala's own definition expansion level. It was a bad bad team never did Adam for all of his faults. He never blamed the players. He never blamed what Joe Douglas gave him. He constantly said, yeah, maybe these guys aren't the best, but I have to find a way to get my offense. to. I have to find a way to get through to them. I have to find a way to make them see what I'm seeing. And, yeah, it didn't work. And, and one of his failures was that he was never able to connect. But it was always the thumb. It was always I need to figure this out. I just get the sense a lot of times with this team right now, and, and again, it, it's it's not just Rob. It, it's it, There's a lot going on there where it just feels like they constantly focus and hammer on who's not here, what they don't have, and what they still need instead of trying to find a way to make it work with who is there, it, and that a, to me is the most alarming aspect it, of the Jets.
0: It's the absolutely pathetic. BT and Sal on the fan. Here we have Connor Hughes from Avest and Institute here. Uh, We've talked about 10 minutes right now. We haven't mentioned Aaron Rodgers' name really in detail. How much of this – because it just doesn't make any sense to me, Connor. If I'm the owner, I'm sitting back watching this team embarrass me year after year after year – like, I like Joe Douglas. I think he's more respectable than anything else that we they've had prior. Yeah. However, the results are what they are. The mm-hmm. team stinks. And there's always an excuse. Like you said, it's always something yeah. with them. Yeah. So, if I'm the owner, I'm saying, what the hell's going on here? I'd look to either clean house, go hire a young, bright offensive mm-hmm. mind, maybe draft a quarterback or look to move up and take a quarterback. They're not. They're doubling it down. How much of this is because of the influence of Aaron Rodgers? I, I don't. I don't think Aaron's sitting
1: there. There was no from Aaron Rodgers. There was no sitting down and saying, "If you don't bring this regime back, I'm out." There was none of that. Like, he did like,
0: back it, them publicly on he the Matthew yeah, show. Yeah, and he does
1: because he does. He he believes in them. He he believe, Obviously, he believes in Nathaniel Hackett. He believes in Joe Douglas. I'm sure he likes the fact that like this this staff seems and the organization seems to give him whatever he wants. I'm sure right, that that's a, that's a benefit of it all. Wouldn't we all like that? Um, but I, I think this was one of the things he made his opinion clear, but it, it, he was not going to meddle and he was not like Rogers wasn't going to step in and say, I'm out. This wasn't in. An, an, and again, it, it's, I, I do believe that they are making the right move, running it back. And the reasoning why I think they're making the right move, running it back is because if they were to fire everyone and say, we're blowing this up, we're starting anew, new, right? You now know that Aaron Rodgers is coming back. You need to find a coach that one is willing to work with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if they want to keep Nathaniel high. But even if you're blowing, now you need to find an offensive coordinator. And also it's a playoff mandate now because you have a team that's willing to win now. It's, you see the quick trigger finger. Like, it's just, it's almost like they're, they're, Woody's not sitting there and saying, we're sticking with these guys through thick and thin forever. It is, we set this up to see how it works with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers went down after four plays. We are going to give you one opportunity this year this coming year, 2024, to see it through with Aaron Rodgers. And if it doesn't work, and Joe Douglas said this at his end-of-year press conference, Rodgers said this when he talked to us as well, and I think he probably probably said it on Mac if you have lost track of everything that goes yeah. on there. <laughs> um, they've made it clear that they know this is do or die, that if they don't do it this year, no matter who gets hurt, no matter right, who okay. goes, they are going to blow it up, and then it will be a complete fresh start, likely without, again, if Aaron Rodgers struggles, here, he's not going to be back next year so it would be a brand new quarterback likely top 10 draft pick new gm new head coach and they are truly going to start from scratch and move on from this regime but they're just willing to see this through and i honestly like you think at the big pool of people that would be want to get involved with this team and this coaching staff it dwindles when you go okay you gotta keep Aaron Rodgers. Okay. You gotta mm-hmm. find someone that works with him. okay. It's gotta be an offense that works with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. bit. Okay, also, by the way, it's pretty much a win now season. It dwindles even more. And the O. C staying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, well, that's why I think
0: uh, outside of the OC, it's why I think Belichick would be a great fit because yeah. you really don't have a choice. They're trying to win now. You got mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Solo's the worst coach in the league. Belichick's available, and it might be the one time ever that he's desperate enough to even consider coming to the Jets. <laughs> to me, that may I don't know what he would do with Hackett necessarily, but you, look, you go into the season with Sala, Hackett, Rogers, or Belichick, Rogers. Which one are you going in with?
1: Yeah, and I, I think I would say I, I would say Belichick. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> I, mean, but I, I, I think know. everyone would. But my, my counter to that, and I said this yesterday, is that it, Bill Belichick is, by just about every measure imaginable, he's the, he's the greatest coach to ever live in the NFL, right? I mean, I think if you, you want to go way back and talk about some of the other guys, okay, fine. But mm-hmm. like for the most part, and we can, again, get into the argument about Tom Brady, how much it's still – those first few Super Bowls that Tom Brady won, yeah, he was clutched down the stretch. But those were Bills defenses, Bills teams. Like Brady was almost game ten, managed those few first goals. Yep. Yeah, yep. and then Brady hit his stride almost in seven when the Giants beat right. him, and then he became like this unbelievable next otherworldly quarterback. But yep. still, Belichick is the greatest coach to ever live. He's sitting there, and there are all these, there were all of these opportunities open, and he's been passed on them. Yep. And I, I wa- there, there's something there. That that Arthur Blank sat with him on his yacht, looked across him in the face, and walked away and said, No, nah, I'm gonna go with go with somebody else. There there's something to that. And I don't know if it's that they think he got stale in New England. I don't know if there's uh, the report that came out that said he was going to bring Matt Patricia as his defensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels back—that he's almost stuck in his ways. Like, no, no, no. What went wrong in New England? That wasn't me. Trust me. Let me run it back. And some people are like, no, we want to see a guy who's got a fresh start. Oh, like when Coughlin came back to the Giants and he was different than Jacksonville a little bit. And you see these yeah. guys that get fra- like Pete yeah. Carroll was different in Seattle. Like they they re-energize and they change their method and they ev- they evolve. It's almost like build did and evolve. And, and I I. I there's usually something there, and if, if it seems so obvious and all of these teams out there are kind of saying, no, we're going to go with somebody else, I think there's something to it, with the exception of the Panthers, where they just had to find someone to take that job. I agree with you. Um, I I would not do it. I, I want to go back to one
2: bigger-picture issue with the Jets. It's funny. A lot of times, and I know you get this as well on, on social media, what about ownership? Like, we yeah. can... Tweet all day and do shows and have segments and debate you yeah. know, and scream. Rogers, coach, GM, this, all line receivers, whatever. Ownership. I think Woody's a terrific person. I really yeah. do. I think he's a good guy. I think Woody Johnson's biggest issue is that he's got no connections. Like anytime, like anytime the Jets have a big decision to make, right? They lean on Charlie Casserly. Hey, Peyton, what do you think of Peyton? I don't care what Peyton Manning thinks about about the Jets. I care what somebody inside the building who knows football, who's had success, who's, who's got Woody's ear. I care what that person cares about the Jets. And I feel like Woody doesn't have that reliable voice or person to gravitate to in the building that's going to get him in the right direction.
1: Is that unfair to say? I, I think there's some. Like I, I, I know uh, Jaime, the team president. He recently took over uh, a few years ago. He's a true football guy. Like he really is, and he's got he's got Woody's ear. Uh, there is something to that, but I mean, it's not not every owner is going to be John Mara, who's a football lifer, you know, or Jerry Jones, who's a football lifer. And I know Jerry's fallen off some, but still, I mean, the Cowboys are always good. Like they're they're never like very rarely are they just a bad team that's missing the playoffs 13 straight years. But I, uh, the one the one credit I will end up kind of flipping that and giving Woody is that he realizes that. It's not like he's out there trying to be something he's not. He mm-hmm. he, he brings in the you – know, again, he brought in the wrong people, but one of the big reasons why they went out there and got Joe is that this was a dude who cut his teeth from Ozzie Newsom in in, in Baltimore, right? And, yep. and then he had success in Philly with Howie Roseman, and, and he had a, you know, basically a cup of coffee with the Bears. But, like, this was your football guy, and Woody wasn't there, but Christopher Johnson was. Woody still signed off on it, and they gave full control of the team to Joe and was like – You've seen how it works before. You've done it before. Go. Now, the one criticism of Woody is that I think there are times where it's like the shiny object that grabs your attention, and it's like, I need to have that. And and I wonder if if he still needs to—he's a little bit more hands-on than Christopher was. Christopher was very much like, Joe, it's your show. You go. And and Woody is still, yeah, it's Joe's show, but maybe we do this. Maybe we do that. So I think there is a little bit of that, but it's just the unfortunate—like, that aspect of what you're saying, it's the unfortunate— just reality of the Jets, like that's not Woody. Like Woody's not the football lifer. He he's not ignorant to it all. But I mean, you're unfortunately looking for something he's not, and the only way that changes is if he goes and sells the team, which isn't going to happen, or hires so, the absolute right person. And yeah, they, and, and that's they crush that's it. what they think they did with yeah. Joe. Yeah, right? I, I mean that that's part. what they thought they
2: did. I and, like Joe. Yeah. I do. I, I I haven't given up on Joe. I've given up on Sullivan. i haven't it up on yeah. Joe yet. Totally, but uh, unfortunately,
1: they're a package deal now because you're not going to like. It's rare. It, it is rare. That these two guys got an opportunity to pick another quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like when you whiff like you did on Zach Wilson and they I I don't care that he had to play his first year. It did not matter. This was going to be a problem whether he started or whether he didn't start. You so can, you
2: don't think if he was drafted by a different team with a no.
1: with better play. Op, you don't no. think you just don't, don't think, think he could play? play? No, there's two I mean, it was it didn't work. Mike LaFleur was a hard, a hard coordinator. Like he he grinded him. It was dude, you messed up on this. You need to be like he was hard it was tough love. Yep. Didn't work. Nathaniel Hackett was the coddler. It was like, don't worry, we got it. Robert Saleh even let's uh, hold him. It's fine. That didn't work. Like yep. he, he has tantalizing talent, but there's something there that's just not clicking. But I
2: don't push back on the the coaching tactics, but he never had the requisite pieces to win. And he's gone. Yeah. I know they're going to get rid of him. What I was going to say was like if he's drafted by the Niners and he's got protection and he's got offensive schemes yeah. that are innovative and forward-thinking and skill guys and like I know they I, that's a good point yeah. about coaching him hard, although they've coddled him lately, and, and it's done. You don't think if he was drafted to a totally different situation with that skill set, he could have been a star?
1: Not well. The Niners, I think, is you can. I think you put Sam in there this weekend. The Niners are still going to go to the Super Bowl. Like I think the Niners are just they're they're that they're the outlier. Um, I I don't I really don't I, okay. I really like I mean look I don't I don't think he would be the disaster that he was with the Jets those first couple of years like I, I don't think it was going to be that bad but I do think that I, I don't see him ever reaching the potential of the number two I, I think that his his ceiling I, I genuinely believe that Zach ceiling was the spot duty starter that comes in and you hope that he can hold the fort down and it goes up to being a backup I, he was never going to be a pro bowler he's never gonna be an all-pro he's not, and that's a miss of a draft you picked him second overall like and I grant every other the one the probably the only saving grace for that is that Every other quarterback drafted after Trevor Lawrence was bad as well. Like Mac Jones mm-hmm. is Still bad. question marks about Lawrence yeah, and Fields, well. Yeah, and, F- and Fields probably is is like he came on a little bit late there, but it looks like they're going to go Caleb Williams. So, I mean, that, they're restarting there, and, and those guys see him every single day. So that tells you all you need to know. Um, but, yeah, I, I would. I don't think he was ever going to be anything, no B- matter what. Wow. Beat
0: T and Sal on the fan. We're in studio with Connor Hughes, covers the Jets and Giants for Sny. We'll get to the Giants in just a second here. Last one for me on the Jets. More about personnel. You mentioned mm-hmm. that they're going all in this year. What are we looking at as far as Bryce Huff coming back, and then what do you expect them to do in the draft? I mean, you would assume it's going to be O line or wide receiver. Clearly, they need both. So Huff, and then where do the Jets go with the draft?
1: Yeah, Huff. Huff's a fascinating one because I've ne- and I appreciate. I told him like on on Baggy Day, I shook his hands like, dude, I appreciate the honesty because he's probably the only player that was like, no, I'm taking the bag. Like I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm whoever offers me the most money does not matter. I'm t- <laughs> and good it. for him. You know what I mean? Because some guys <laughs> yeah, like yeah. yeah we'll see. I'd love to be back. He's like, yeah, I'll be back if they pay me the most money. So <laughs> I, I think the jets, the biggest ball dropping by them was not offering that guy a contract in the middle of the season, because you could have had him at a number that was far less than the number he's going to see on the open market as a 10 sack guy. And I, cause I think they took a half a sack away from on the finale. So I think it's as a, as a double digit sack guy playing 40% of the defensive snaps, he's going to get a monster deal and, and somebody is going to pay him. And, and I just, the only option for the Jets to keep him because they're going to make a contract. It's not like they're just going to let him walk. They'll make him a contract offer. He's just going to get overpaid, and their their only option would be then to franchise tag him. And everything we've heard from Joe Douglas is that that's not going to happen. They're they're not going to franchise tag him, so he's going to go. And and part of that probably has to do with the fact they invested a first round pick in Will McDonald. And you got to see the kid play. But we can debate that the whole time. Is you have a proven guy who's a ten sack guy with somebody that you don't you're you're banking on upside. I, I would I if it was me I'd bring him back. I don't know how me you too. let him go, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen.
2: Number two receiver, and we'll start getting to these giant issues as well. Mm-hmm. Number two receiver opposite Garrett Wilson. Week one is which player? Trade, draft, who
1: is it? I think it's gonna be I'm gonna go a little bit wide. I think it's gonna be Calvin Ridley because the Jets are pretty high on Ooh. him coming. So the only reason I say that is I think Mike Evans goes back to the Bucs. I think he, assuming that they work things out with Baker Mayfield. I don't think Adams gets traded anymore. Yeah. With, with, so Adams with the was the stuff. hot one. I don't think so. The Raiders did not make him available at all at the deadline. Like he was not available, like it didn't happen. The fact that Antonio Pierce is coming back, the only, the Raiders have never said they want to get rid of Adams. It was Adams would want out of, out of Vegas. And now that he's back and it seems like they're going to try to make this not a rebuild, but kind of like a retool. And they think they can fix this thing relatively quick. I don't necessarily know if, if he's gone. And if, if like, if Adams is available, it's Adams. I just doubt that he's going to be available. Calvin Ridley was a guy that when he was being traded from the Falcons, the jets were all they loved him. Mm. They made calls. They were in on him. They wanted to make a deal. When they called him, it was right around the time the Falcons knew the gambling stuff was coming out. So I remember talking to people over at the Jets, and they were like, I don't think he's available. Like, like we want him. Like, we think he's available. They did their homework as far as seeing if the issues that he had with the coaching staff, was that like a Calvin Ridley has has butting. he can't be coached. Was, like, they did all their background. All okay. right? They checked every box. The problem with him was when they called the Falcons to try to get something done. The Falcons were like, yeah, he's not available. And it was because they didn't want to deal in bad faith. Basically trade this guy for a second-round oh, pick.
0: They should have, the idiots. Yeah, really. Trade him. <laughs> yeah. Let that be the Jets' problem. Yeah, seriously. They, uh, uh,
1: they just didn't want him. They didn't want that. To, they didn't want to trade him. And then, like, basically, like, yeah, we're going to get a second-round pick. Then, oh, surprise, uh, yeah, he's suspended for a year. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, they didn't want to do that. And then the Jaguars ended up getting yeah, on a yeah. deal. But if he's available, he's one I could see them because they like him. I think he'd be a good compliment. I, I think he would be what they're looking for is, as as a receiver. Uh, T. Higgins, I, I think he's probably going to get tagged, so I don't think he's going to be there. Like, that's the thing. is, you look now at the list of receivers that could be there for the Jets and realize that list is going to be cut by 90% because a lot of these guys are going to come back. They're going to be this, that, the other thing. So it would be Adams, but I, if he's not available, I think it could be Calvin. And the old line's got to be first, uh, first round. Dude, gotta they be. Need, it's got to be. That's you're asking Joe to do in a few months here what he hasn't done in five years. That's that's like the the concept Fuck. that they're going to rebuild this offensive line like that. Just it it. He hasn't done it. That, well, well, hold on. Let yeah, me push dude. back a little. No, he hasn't done it. But let me push Beckton back about Maybe
0: stinks. I mean, that may have even been a worse pick than Wilson. Yeah. Guys, get no heart, no motor. He thinks he's the best. He can't <laughs> stay healthy. He's out of shape.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. He's he's gone. Titman, Vera, Tucker, and a and a first round hit. I know mm-hmm. he's got a hit. I get that. You do that right there. Boom. Sixty percent all line set.
1: Yeah, and, and it's not you're, undoable. The first round picks got a hit. Yep, and, and again, this is a, a general manager. I, I do think that Joe's solid, but he also picked Beckton over Worfs and, and Worfs is a pretty, pretty good football player for good. the Buccaneers. And and it's, yeah, theoretically, if they hit everything right, if, like you said, they, they go out there and say, Vera Tucker now is your right tackle, right? Because it's harder to find tackles than it is guards. You make Vera Tucker your right tackle. You go out there, you draft a left tackle, boom, tackle, tackle set. Lakin Tomlinson's better now because Tipton's year two. You now actually have a left tackle next to him, and then all you have to do is sign a right guard, which theoretically guards are more available. But the Jets have signed guards before, and you've got Greg Van Roten who failed, and you had Lakin Tomlinson who has failed. They've drafted offensive linemen before and signed offensive tackles before that have failed. By the way, Elijah Vera Tucker is an offensive lineman who tours his Achilles. I, I think about a basketball player jumping, like the Achilles' death sentence because you can't jump anymore unless no, you're Durant. No. Like an offensive lineman's job is push push off like that. That's not just, you can't just assume that Vera Tucker is just going to be the Vera Tucker that was a borderline pro Bowl All pro player. Like you can't just assume that he's coming up. So you now need not only to figure out left tackle, right tackle and right and a legitimate depth piece at right guard behind behind Vera Tucker in case he's not the same and also hope Titman improves because there were some up and down year there. I know the Jets believe in him, but there was some up and down there just the same as JMS with the Giants. So I, I think there are Theoretically, yeah, there's a path to do it. You can do it. Teams have done it before. But again, five years, Joe's been this team's general manager, and he stood at the podium on his introductory press conference and said, we need to rebuild the trenches. We need to rebuild the offensive line. And we're sitting here now saying they need three-fifths, four-fifths of their offensive line fixed. Like, yeah, so it's, same thing. Yeah, yeah. it's like I, I have I have my reservations that they're going to be able to do it this off season, I do. I, I It'd be fun to do. I'd like to cover a playoff run. That but That's a heck of a lot better for for business, right? But, I mean, I just have my reservations that they're going to be able to do it.
0: Well, you still do cover the Giants. BT and Sal yeah. on the fan talking with Connor Hughes. It works for us a while. Let's get to the Giants here. Not as much in depth, obviously, as the Jets. Jets have many issues. Yeah. Let's start, though, with the coaching stuff. What would you make of the yeah. whole Dable, Wink Martindale, and where the Giants are at now currently with their coaching staff? I found it, I found it very, very, very funny that that the number of
1: – that story is not true. There's no there is no backlash. There's no anything. There's no rift here. And now suddenly he gets fired and now everybody and their uncle is saying, Oh no, yeah, they actually did hate it's like, dude, like this was always there. Like right. Jake there are there are people in this business, guys, that you know they say something and their word is like you don't you don't it's like he's won Glazer's You know, won. Glazers yeah. won. Like the, the, like this guy, like anytime you have some dude who knows so much that he sits on it until a pregame show and then drops it, like the dude knows what he's saying. Like right. he's, and he's not hearing this from, like, I heard some wild theories that it was like the equipment managers saying this, yeah, like okay. they're getting it from the laundry kid. Dude, this is great. He's no, he's probably hearing it from the top of the top. Like this, he's not making this stuff up. So that, that blew my mind, but it's not just Pat Leonard's story that he ran in the daily news. I, and, and Dan Duggan ran one right before him. Athletic, I thought yep. both of those stories were hashtag on. The, I used to work at the, athletic. I thought I should have given them the same outlet shout out. Uh, Those two stories were so well-sourced, and I thought they told both sides of the story very well. It wasn't blue-shaded. It wasn't this is the giant side. It was this is the side of who's left. This was the side of who's staying. And also these are all of the things that we've picked up on what's actually going inside. And some of those quotes that were dropped by specifically Leonard in there, it painted an environment that has built— that you can tell when the Giants are winning games like they did two years ago, yeah, you can look past it. You can look past being being cursed out and in meetings and this and, and the crazy hotheadness because you're winning games and at the end of the day when clock hits zero and you win and everyone's happy and fans are happy, everyone's good. But when you lose... It really wears people down. And the Giants had, and I'm not, you can check my phone. I'm not tight with Wank Martindale. I don't have his cell phone number. I don't talk yeah. to him every day. Like, here he's a golfer, so maybe I'll see him on a course someday. But, like, I don't know him from anything other than sitting in front of him in a press conference. He was a top-tier defensive coordinator you had in your building, and the working environment with David was so bad that he wanted out. He was like, I can't do this anymore. And it wouldn't surprise. There were other coaches, where it was the stink eye that he gave the special teams coordinator, whether it was the assistants that have come out and spoke, that it's like there is something there that is alarming and, and it is something there that needs to be addressed and changed and just assuming that oh wink was a bad apple the 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 these guys were bad apples this one was bad this was just this wasn't really a problem it was something that just kind of one squeaky wheel no this was enough where it was an issue inside their building that they need to fix and i think there's more there than maybe what some people
2: thought, and it was just hidden year one because they were winning. Okay, so do you think that there's a chance – Connor Hughes with us in the studio, by the way, BT and Sal, SNY, Twitter, of course, Jets and Giants, great coverage. Do you think that there's a chance that when it's all said and done, his volatility from a personality point of view ruins him, Dable? So
1: yeah, I mean, I I heard I heard from stuff like when some of the stuff came out, I was like, man, this is this is like not good. And I remember talking to people that that knew that there were issues in Cleveland, like when he was the offensive coordinator there, the same volatility and and heatedness in Cleveland. And some of the reason, remember, Dable went through several coaching cycles mm-hmm. before he got his job. That there were some of those issues that were turned up in those coaching cycles and coaching interviews, and and they wanted him to address them, and he didn't address them overly well in some of those interviews, which is why those teams pass him, despite his success in Buffalo with their DVOA and what Josh Allen's done and all those things. And yeah, I, I think this is something that could deteriorate. I mean, it's, it's very rare and, and I don't think Kafka is like just some surefire fire pick to come back whether i think there's a ch- there's there's not a zero percent chance that he takes a lateral move like that's not that's not completely in incomprehensible like that's that's still a situation mm-hmm. that could be out there and when you have a coordinator that that is or a coach that loses all three coordinators and maybe two of which because they don't want to work with him anymore that's that's a red flag and, and I don't think it's so much so that he can't save it because I do think that Brian Dable is a very good coach from a schematic standpoint. It does the look that that team was two and eight. They very easily could have finished right. the season two and two and 15 and, and gone to the tank of giants, picking one or two. They still fought for him. Them beating the Eagles final game of the season. That's noteworthy when the giants had nothing to win. Like, yeah, we said, to we said for. that too. Nope. We said that 100%. in real time. So guys still it. fight for him. Yep. And players still fight for him. And I think he did do a good job of sheltering the coaching drama from the locker room. So there was a clear divide. I think he did do those two things, but what, Wink's absence and departure has shown is that there are things that need to change with Brian Dable if he wants to be a year-over-year, consistent, successful head coach in the NFL. And I think he does need to change and adjust, and he's going to be given the opportunity to do it this year. So, uh, that's good stuff, by the way. Now, if he, really, doesn't, if yeah. he doesn't, then I think, you're talking about uh, Belichick, I think that's yeah. I mean, well, that, the Giants that, coach well, in 2025. Well, that's where I wanted to
2: go, If because the way you present it, and... Some people thought it was all Wink, like Wink trying to be, you know, take, usurp power. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. I did. I mean, I'm—, I'm you, you did think yeah.
2: that. You yeah, did. Yeah. And you weren't alone, by the way. Right. So now that we have, a, 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 you know, an A to Z scouting report on the building, to me, this seems dangerous enough where I might call Belichick today. And get ahead of this.
1: Yeah, I see, so that's the thing. Is, it's correct, because he's play, he, he Not only did... I mean, Brian, like, there is something to say what he did last year. I mean, t- two years ago. I'm sorry, not, not this right. last year. was He took a team that was terrible to the playoffs and won a playoff game with, with no talent. Like, that team... I remember watching that team in training camp, and I talked to my boss at SNY and was like, I'm basically going to be with the Jets every day because this team's going to win three games. Like, this this team stinks. And, like, the fact that he had them playing the way that they did and got it, that is, that is noteworthy. And I, you don't... You can't just... Constantly keep firing guys like they did with Ben McAdoo, like they did with Joe Judge. Like, you can't keep doing that. So they are making the 100% right decision to run it back with him next year. Like, he has, I, I, honestly, you've seen more from Dable than you have Robert Sala to justify oh, no coming no back. Question. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that my concern is that if things go south next year and he doesn't change, what could happen? You know what I mean? Because now the covers have been pulled up where the, the everyone was tucked in and hidden. And it was, again, they won year once you didn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. Things went through year two. You were fine. Year three, the covers were pulled off. And it was, again, the story from Dan, the story from Pat, like that showed a lot of what was going on there, whether you want to pretend it didn't happen. I know some fans don't want to know, but it's the truth. That is the truth. Those guys are two damn good reporters. Like they, they, they uncovered a lot of that stuff. And the fact that these guys were willing to talk about it in year two when things started going south and they still finished strong, if they struggle again next year because Barkley's gone, Daniel Jones isn't the quarterback that they paid, all those things, maybe Shane doesn't hit home runs in the draft and they struggle again with another hard schedule and a very hard division, I do worry about what's it going to look like going down the stretch. And will Mara want to say this is too much? Because the one thing he doesn't handle is being embarrassed. Mm-hmm. He does not handle being embarrassed at all. He doesn't like it. It's the Giants' pride, it's what the building means, it's what the logo means, all that. He doesn't handle being embarrassed. And if he is, if he says, You know what, thanks for the three years, it's too much, we're gonna restart this thing and if it does if he does go that route and Belichick sits out of year, that's the one where to me, you're talking about Jets, I mean, that's the one where Belichick comes home to the Giants or It just seems like a uh, something they would be willing to do with it. Again, not this year, but 2025.
0: BT and Sal on the fan in studio with Connor Hughes covers the Jets and Giants for s y Last one for you, Connor. The the Kayvon Thibodeau stuff here recently. Yeah. Did you see what uh, his comments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw the headline initially, then saw the actual comments. I really didn't think there was much to it, but your thoughts on not only his comments, but also what it means inside that locker room as it pertains to Saquon Barkley.
1: Saquon's a really well-respected player and players want players to get paid. So I get it. I get it. But from a general manager perspective, Joe Shane did it right. Mm -hmm. Like because he paid Daniel Jones and because he tagged Saquon Barkley, the giants had the ability. And I know their season did not go the way that it did the year before. But when you look at that team on paper, they were better at receiver. Because they had the financial resources to go out there and add some players. They were better at tight end with Darren Waller because they had the means to go out there and add some players. They were better overall because by paying the quarterback and spacing out that cap hit and tagging Saquon Barkley and not having the 40 or whatever million dollar cap it was going to be to have uh, uh, Daniel Jones playing on the tag. They had the financial resources to round out the roster. So they, he played it right. And by the way, Saquon Barkley did not run for a thousand yards. He was injured again. And now you're going into a season like, he played it. I'm sorry. Like if Saquon Barkley was a pass rusher or if Saquon Barkley was a receiver or Saquon Barkley was a quarterback, he would have been paid. Yeah. I think what Joe Shane has shown us. And I think that it's smart team building is that he just does not believe that running back is a valuable position that you need to invest significant resources in. So if Saquon Barkley wants to remain with a giant, that's fine, but it's going to be on, on Joe Shane's terms. Joe Shane is going to put out the contract and Joe Shane's is going to say these, this is what I'm willing to pay the running back. And if you want to take it great, if you want to find better elsewhere, you can go find better elsewhere. Elsewhere, And that's just now from Shane's perspective. If you want to take that stance, that's totally fine with me. But remember the locker room, like you said, they do value Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is still this offense's best player. So if you're going to let him go and not pay him, you need to be able to hit on picks in the draft and you need to be able to hit on your signings and free agency to be able to fill that void. Because if you let him go and suddenly the offense is a disaster. You're going to have people saying, well, Saquon's running for 1,300 yards with the Eagles. Correct. And it's gonna, he's running for 1,300, 1,400 yards with the Eagles. You're going to say, well, he could have been with us. Why'd we let him go? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But, but again, it's cave on. I get it because it's a player. And players don't care. I mean, D- Darius Slayton said the same thing. Like, players don't live in the world of salary cap. Players live in the world of maximize my worth like Bryce Huff and get the most money that I can possibly get. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Giants are operating in the world of we need to field the best team we can possibly field. And they fielded a better team last year than the team that went to the playoffs the year before. They just didn't get the bounces that went their way. And they did that because they had money to play with because they paid Jones to space out his cap hit and get out of what that franchise tag would have been, and they franchise tag Barkley.
0: And it just stinks because Barkley's a perfect giant. This is the whole problem with taking a running back number two overall. They they set him up, get him and set him up for disaster. Barkley's great. He means a lot to the Giants. But obviously, his worth at that position. Yeah, I have a crazy
1: story about that draft too. If you if you want that one about taking him second overall. Okay. I don't know if we time. Yeah. So it was. Um, uh, I remember talking to Mike McCagna about it because you remember the Jets right. were drafting three, oh, of course, yeah. And it was a lot of people were debating that one and two. Like you knew Browns were going quarterback. You know, it was Sam or Baker. Yeah. Were the Giants going to go quarterback as well? Because that was when Eli was going down. And I remember talking to Mike because Mike traded from, I think, six to three. And I said to him, like, dude, like, why did you not? Was that with the Colts? He traded with the Colts, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yep, Went up ahead. to three. Yep. And I remember saying, like, dude, like, weren't you nervous? Like, that, that the Giants were going to go quarterback, quarterback, and suddenly you're landing the number three, which would have been Josh Rosen because the, the, after drafting Hackenberg, they weren't going to go with a developmental project like Allen again. I was like, he goes, honestly, he goes, no, because we had our sources that said the Giants were so locked in on Barkley at number two. And I was like, well. Like, that's, I mean, I have sources too. Anytime you break a story, there's always like that slight hesitation. Like, is this person lying to me? Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, are you worried? Yeah. He goes, I wasn't worried until the morning of the draft happened and we got word that it wasn't Sam going one, that Baker was going one. Because like everyone was convinced Sam was going one. It's the point where, when uh, Sam took his visit to the Jets, Christopher Johnson was talking to him about where to live in Cleveland. So the Jets thought they were getting Baker? They thought they were getting Baker at three. So They traded
0: up specifically for him or just one or the other?
1: No, they thought they were getting Baker. They had Sam was their number one quarterback that they thought they were, oh, getting, they thought Baker. They were getting Baker. They okay. thought they were getting Baker. It was Sam one, Barkley two, Baker three. So he goes, I was like, did you ever get worried? He goes, The only time I got worried was when we got worried in the morning that it was going to be Baker one. He goes, Because I knew that the only person that loved Sam more than anyone in the world was John Elway. And he was with the Broncos. He goes, And I was petrified that John was going to call the Giants at number two and offer the house wow. for number two in order to get Sam Darnold. And I was like, Really? He goes, And I found out, he goes, After the fact, I saw John wherever. And he goes, I said to him, I was like, I was, su- I was surprised you didn't do that. Like, I really thought Don't you were going to try to jump us. They did. Dave wouldn't answer the phone. Oh, Dave was what? so locked in on number two that he wouldn't no answer the phone. Yeah. So Dave was like when Dave said, like when what Dave said in his press conference, when Dave said in his postgame press conference, they didn't even take calls. They ran it up to get Barkley. He was not lying. Like he was dead accurate. Like he was, he wow. would not answer the phone. And the Broncos were willing to come up to number two to get out. I mean, they wanted has that been out there before? Yeah, i talked about it before. Like, I, I don't know. Like, you hur- did not yeah.
0: answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what? we've always ripped him yeah. for saying not only and like do you he not wow. move back. Because I think yeah. it was that like Quentin Nelson, I think, yeah, was in that yes, draft. Yes, yeah, yeah. He gone back and yeah, Nelson. Not only do obviously. you not yeah, take sure. a running yeah. back there, trade yeah, down.
1: everything it. in the world. Wow. wow. Well, that's wow. a great story. Yeah. It was you was got to I was book like, on that, man. That's a good story.
0: All right. Thanks, Connor. We appreciate your time, man. We'll be following along. You can follow him on Twitter, at Hughes on Twitter. works for SNY. Of course, both Jets and Giants. I'm sure there'll be plenty of storylines for both these teams moving forward. We appreciate you taking the time.